Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. It's Michelle Wong here, and I'm so excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Trisha Bolander, executive coach and strategy consultant and a really good friend of mine. And so I'm just so honored that you're here, Trisha. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I've been really excited for this conversation. I know. I'm like, you're such an amazing person. And I can't believe we've only really known each other like this year. <laughs> it's this year. Crazy. And we live in the same city and we've never actually met because COVID. Right. Like we had our conversation and then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. And, um, but I feel like I like, just know you, you know, like, yeah. and your work is phenomenal. And I'm excited to dive into it today. Um, your work, your work is called sacred power. Um, yes. And I'm excited to learn more and how that came to be. Um, and just kind of jam on, on this topic, because I know it's incredibly powerful for women and, um, and just knowing how we met we met through Mama Gina's community, but then we have so many mutual friends outside of that. I'm like, how, like, that is just such a small world, right? <laughs> totally. I know. Yeah. Okay. So let's um, share, share what sacred power is and then how that came to be for you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned Mama Gina because, you know, she talks about a reclamation, right? Like the rec a reclamation of a word. And I talk about a different P word and that's Oh, you could say pussy. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really know sort of who's, you know, but actually I just should have figured that this is your podcast. So it's okay to say pussy a reclamation. So she talks about pussy, right? Like reclaiming that word. And for me, it's, um, you know, and it's related to that, but this, this idea of power and for so many of us women, you know, power has become a bit of a, of a dirty word. I mean, if we look at the leaders who are in power or perceptions of power, like so often power has been used power over people. Um, and basically what sacred power means to me is, is using power for good, like using power for love, using power for what's sacred. And, and we were all born with power. We were all born with particular gifts. And um, so often I see so many people um, diminishing their gifts. And I know this firsthand because I certainly did. And I spent much of my career really feeling like an imposter and playing small in so, so many ways. And I think, you know, you brought up just meeting this year and everything that's happened this year. I think this year has really showed us um, 
more than other years, just how crucial, um, how much of a role each of us has to play to create the world that we want to live in because it's kind of fucked up right now. And the world is calling for a new kind of power. Mm. And that's really the stand that I take and that I help other people with. So do you work with um, everybody? Like, are there, do you only work with women? Like how, what's your, who are your clients? Yeah. So I work with, I work with heart-based executives and entrepreneurs primarily. And, you know, it's mostly women, but I also work with men. So I work, the, the type of work I do, it's really bridging heart, head, and soul. Mm. And so it's, it's people called to do that. And I work with leaders with exceptional minds and exceptional heart and the leaders that I work with. Um, and this is a range, um, from, you know, fortune 1000 for-profit companies to social enterprises, um, to, to, um, startups, but everyone who I work with, you know, there, there's a reason that they're doing the work they do that extends beyond just them. And it goes to making the world really a better place. And that's what, that's what inspires me to do the work. That's amazing. And as you were just talking about like who you work with, and I actually really appreciate, cause I work primarily with women, not that I would say like, but I've worked, I've done like human design readings for like everybody. Right. But like, actually, especially when it comes to power, I feel like um, I'm glad it's not, exclusive to a gender you know what I mean that for you especially because power is especially with men it it needs to be redefined yeah (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for sure and you know it's funny because a lot of these issues well a lot of issues like imposter syndrome and things like that it were things it was there were things that that I was struggling with and my husband who is white able-bodied, heterosexual, you know, all of that. I remember there was one conversation we had and I had a huge aha. First off, I had a client who, who was um, male and I was going into a coaching session with him and I was feeling such imposter syndrome because I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do I have to say to him or help him with? And when we got to talking so much of what he was experiencing and he had just been promoted to the senior, um, to the senior level team, and his organization, but he was going through so much imposter syndrome stuff. And he was talking about feeling like, this is a a quote from him, feeling like a little kid at the big, at the big person table, at the adult table. And I went home and I was like, wow. So, you know, white males feel like this. And my husband was like, oh, Trish, like, yes, everybody feels this way. And the reason why I think this is really relevant is that when we feel um, when we feel out of our element or when we feel not good enough, we behave in ways that are not super helpful. And so whether that's diminishing ourselves, which is something that, that I do, or whether it's, you know, um, acting super assertive and aggressive to like let people know that you're in power which is what other people do like it's still a result of not feeling completely um authentic Mm -hmm. and confident in ourselves and so i think that that's certainly something that cuts across both you know men and women 
Yeah. And also I feel um, with what you were saying, like there's a mask, like if we aren't feeling we could be ourselves or there's some imposter syndrome that you were saying. Um, and it's, it's actually really cool to hear, like, I guess like one of the pieces is like when we feel like somehow we're not good enough, we can isolate ourselves and feel like we're the only ones that feel like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's, I feel like the people who work with you, like they want to change, right. They want to transform and come from a more heart centered place. So that's already amazing. Like the people that you attract. Yeah. And I think, I think what's so, you know, I think in this world that you and I are in, whether you call it self-improvement or development or whatever it is, it's, it's very focused on women, um, which, which is great. And I just wonder what's the, what's the same thing for men? Mm -hmm. Because that, what you talk about, you know, this feeling of, um, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Like that just cuts across. That's a human thing. That's not just, that's not limited to, to one gender. And I feel like for, for us, it's more okay to talk about that. Mm. Um, for, but for men, not, not as much. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to, to work with both men and women. And, um, and I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping, I'm actually hoping I do more work with men because it's, it's definitely, um, I work mostly with women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how did you end up doing this work? Cause you're, you have such an amazing educational background. Like when I first met you, like, I don't know. I, I think I did look at your Facebook group, your Facebook page. I'm like, Holy crap. Trisha's like so smart <laughs> and like, and you're so down to earth. So what led you to doing this work? Well, so I have been strategy consulting my entire career. Um, and so that work to me was just super fun on an intellectual level and just getting to work with leaders around what's their vision for the organization and the growth. Like, I just, I love that. Um, and I particularly love doing that work in the, in the social sector and the social impact space. What I found through years of doing that work is that there's a difference between, um, you know, developing a strategy, which can be this beautiful PowerPoint that, you know, is distributed across the whole organization. It's one thing to develop the strategy and it's quite something else to execute on it. And by execution, you know, there's a lot of work done already around, you know, how does the organization execute? But what I really mean is mindset work. And, you know, what does it mean to, if you're working with a leader of an organization around organizational goals, but meanwhile, that leader is burning out. Mm. Or meanwhile, that leader is questioning, am I even the right person for this role as we grow in that way? And so I found that really to take that strategy and make it not only actionable, but really kind of, you know, inspiring for, for the leaders that, that there, there was this mindset element that often is missing from traditional consulting work and where coaching can fit in. Mm. So in parallel to that, meanwhile, as I was doing all this consulting work, I have gone through so many stages of feeling like an imposter myself. Um, I do a lot of work in healthcare 
and globally, um, particularly in the Middle East and in Asia, where um, things like being a doctor, uh, being a doctor, being white and being a man <laughs> are very highly respected and valued. And being none of those three have spent a lot of time feeling, um, you know, not good enough or not worthy for that role. And so I've done a lot of work myself with coaches um, and have just seen the transformational power of it. And so that really, both of those really led me to want to become a coach. And I sort of saw these as two parallel things, consulting and coaching. And in the last year have found such tremendous power in removing the swim lane and just seeing myself as, as both as, mm -hmm. you know, a consultant as, and a coach and weaving through that space. Mm. What, um, well, it's okay. First it's interesting that you say that. Cause when I was, um, just what you're saying, like white doctor, American <laughs> and male, um, it's so interesting. Cause when I was in Bali, I got sick. Like I got sick on the last day <laughs> I was there for two months and I got sick, which is so crazy. I was supposed to fly out the next day. And like, my body was like, no, 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 you're not leaving. You're, you're going to vomit. But anyway, <laughs> I actually didn't like, it was, it was a weird experience. And I ended up going to the doctor and, uh, this doctor's clinic, I was like, they welcome like tourists and foreigners. So it's like a doctor, doctor, not like, I don't know, like they're holistic doctor. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so this woman comes in and she, I, I think she's Indonesian. Uh, she's kind of petite. Uh, she's yeah. And then she's a woman. So I just asked her casually. I wasn't sure if she was my doctor or so someone else, like, who am I talking to? So she said, I asked her, Oh, are you my doctor? And she's like, yeah, I know I look like, she's just like, I, I know I look young and I don't, I don't look like she was just kind of like starting to say all the reasons why, you know? And then she's like, so I actually have to work extra hard to prove uh. myself. And I literally was just wondering if she was my doctor so I could start telling her what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, that's like the pressure, you know? Um, yeah. So it's interesting, but uh, I wanted to share that because that reminded me of that story when you were saying like, you know, the ideal. Um, and then for you, you're saying, okay, consulting and coaching. I've always wondered what the difference is. The difference yeah, is. you know, it's a great question. And I think, in, you know, when I first, when I first did this, the, the, the main difference in my mind was consulting was for at least the way I was doing it was for organizations and governments. Um, so basically looking at a systems level and then coaching was more for individual. Oh, okay. But as I've been doing more of this and quite frankly, breaking a lot of the rules that I was taught around coaching, which my inner rebel is just thrilled about, <laughs> um, to me, it's more external versus internal. And so coaching, I see that as the inner work. So mindsets, you know, alignment between head and heart and spirit and everything that's happening internally, individually, um, and as well as your relationship with, with 
other people and the system, but it's very centered on the individual. Um, and then consulting really being the strategy. So consulting being sort of like the, how do you do that? Um, and what's, what's the external strategy? The other thing is when working with organizations and systems consulting, there's a lot, it's not just what happens in the meetings, it's what happens um, in between the meetings. And so what happens in between the meetings in coaching is that the client does their work. Mm -hmm. And then I get to hear about it at our next coaching session. In consulting, what happens between the meeting is I do the work. <laughs> I do the research and the analysis and gather everything together and write the reports. And then I report out at the consulting meeting. And so it's really sort of, you know, that's the difference. Um, and that's why I think coaching is so powerful because it's really empowering the client mm -hmm. versus consulting is more, you know, here's the stack of everything. Oh, that's really uh, funny. You're like, I do the work. <laughs> right. As the consultant, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. And then you mentioned like you spent time. Um, well, I, yeah, you mentioned you like, well, I know, I know that you spent time in India. <laughs> I did. Yes. And so how do you feel like that experience, or maybe it didn't, but did that, I will say, did that experience translate to sacred power? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and the only reason I hesitate when I say yes, is that frankly, I mean, India, India has affected everything. India has affected my entire and influenced my entire life um, from and since India. So I met my husband in India. Um, I pivoted from general um, consulting to specifically um, the social sector through my work in India. Um, just the best of my friends are from India. Um, but the, the biggest way that it influenced my sacred power work is that I returned from almost five years in India feeling like a real utter failure. Mm. And so when I went to India, um, it was just meant to be for one year. Um, it was through a fellowship program and um, there was um, just a lot of excitement about the work and we were doing really great things in opening maternity hospitals in India. And uh, when I left five years later, almost five years later, to me, it was a very public failure because we were very um, communicative on our goals and how many hospitals we were going to open. Um, publications like The Economist covered us and talked about our strategy and, uh, and it didn't come to pass. Mm. And as head of strategy and marketing, um, I felt a lot of that weight on my shoulders. And so when I came back to the States from that, um, it really called into question. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I just felt like a failure is um, what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. and, and we can we can go into more of that. But I think it was this mix really of this feeling of professional failure coupled with um, in, in the years after that, um, my challenge in, in having a baby and um, fertility challenges. And so on the personal realm, there was a feeling of being out of my power. Mm. So it's really been in the last few years that I feel like, you know, through that journey, which now in retrospect, I'm so thankful for, 
I had come to a lot of spirituality, um, mindset work, body work. Um, I mean, really mindset, heart and soul um, and have really just, I feel like I have personally transformed over these last few years in a way that if that hadn't happened, I, I wouldn't have. And now I'm really excited to share my learnings with, um, with people who, who would find that beneficial um, and want to step into their power. So yes, absolutely. India um, plays a big role in my sacred power work. Wow. I, I just feel you so deeply as you were sharing that. Cause like, Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's such a huge, cause just knowing, knowing you and um, even like, like your, I would assume like your track record has been like top, right? Like, like to get into like the Ivy League schools, to get into like just the work and just the level of excellence you hold yourself to. Um, I just already know that about you. Like we haven't really talked about it, but I just know. And uh, to have that vision for your work and to return and not see that necessarily play out the way you wanted it to, um, that's huge. And then to be able to personally grow through that, I mean, that takes guts. That takes a lot of courage and just a lot of like, okay, like what's next? so I commend you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, and I really, you know, and I want to just point back to our work together and learning about my human design because there, I am passionate about learning and growth and evolution. Um, but the other part of me, and maybe it's my introvert self, is, you know, around keeping that to myself and through our work together and learning I'm a projector, um, really taking in that other people can benefit from the lessons that I have to share. And so, you know, really in this phase of my life, and I continue obviously to continue growing, um, but I have, I have really a desire to, to get those lessons out there. Um, not necessarily so people don't make the same. I, I know we say that a lot, like, oh, putting this out there so you don't make the same mistakes that I do. Actually, my fears, my mistakes, those have propelled me forward. And so I don't wish for people, you know, if I look at my children, I'm not wishing for them to not failures because it would propel them forward. Um, and it's not about not failing, but what I do think it's about is not feeling shame when we do. Yeah. And it's what's interesting. What's interesting is like, just because you mentioned human design, um, there are some profiles. So in human design, there's a profile, which is really about how kind of like your archetype and your personality in the world. Um, there are some profiles or yeah, where failure is a part of your, it's natural. It's like mm-hmm. you need to fail in order to learn and grow and you need it as life experience. Um, but we're so often we're taught that failure is bad and blah, 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 all the labels that we can be conditioned to not fail and want to be perfect. And therefore we don't try things. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, any Ted talk you see, they're all talks on failure, right? It's all talks on failure. And then what they did from that failure, I think the, the next step, I think where we collectively, um, can push our, our boundaries more is being more open when we're 
in in the midst of that failure. So, you know, still as as a society, I think we've we've gotten a lot more comfortable with talking about failure as long as it's then led to success. And then of course, every success story, we get to talk about all the failures that happened before, like the Thomas Edison quotes um, on inventing light bulbs. Um, but I think, you know, getting, getting to a place and this is another connection we have as women speak, even though we never actually did it together, but getting, strengthening that muscle of being comfortable talking about failure as it's happening to lessen the shame. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's a big thing that, um, that we need as well. That's interesting, actually, because that is true what you're saying. Like we don't, when you're in the midst of it, you don't share it until you've come through it. And I can see how, like, if you're using it as a platform to process stuff, and if you have a business and maybe your audience is like, okay, where are you going with this? And it's, <laughs> that's different than saying like, okay, this is actually not working as planned, <laughs> you know, and, um, and just being more transparent. Of, okay. We're kind of dealing with it right now. And to be continued, you know? Yeah, and how, and who we are as we're navigating that failure, right? And you and I share a mentor and a coach, Melanie Ann Lair, and, you know, I really resonated with how she talks about this, where, you know, you don't have to share the specifics, like, I'm going through something, but when I go through something, like, these are, this is what I do, this is how I lead myself Yeah. That and so you know, being open about that, I think, is a big part of, of leadership because it's not just it's not just the the butterflies and the rainbows and and sometimes it does you know in this particularly in this world of entrepreneurship that we're in it I love seeing all of the Facebook posts of how amazing people are doing and sometimes. It's, it can be hard to see that if you're not doing as well because it's like, oh, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Um, and no, yeah. we all have, we all have um, hills that we're climbing as well as celebrations. Um, mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah, it's so funny because that's, this is where like social media can become so fake. It's like, we only share the good. Mm-hmm. We don't share the actual journey. We only share the celebration. And uh, then it becomes one dimensional. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then it's hard to connect. And I feel like that's a facade that needs to be taken down. Um, if people still feel like they can only share the good side. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's interesting because I think you and I are in similar worlds. Um, and I, I imagine both of our Facebook like groups are very curated and things like that. And so I feel like I'm in you know, in the past, I've been in Facebook worlds where it's very negative. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was such a pleasant, not surprise, but it was just like so great to, to be in all these new worlds where we could state our celebrations because oftentimes it's like, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. You shouldn't talk about how much money you're making or your successes or whatever. And so I'm very grateful to be in those places where we can celebrate very openly, but I agree with you that it's sort of, you know, real life is, it's a mix of, you know, the ups and the downs and being transparent about both. Yeah. And um, I think that's like, I think that maps also to like, what is leadership and what's power. I think it's like the ability to be vulnerable, right. To, um, cause you were saying the heart, the mind, the spirit, the soul, like all of that, um, 
And you know, what's really fun. I caught your live because I know you're also doing the 360 day lives, uh, <laughs> which is incredible. So everyone follow Trisha. She has a lot of wisdom in her lives and they're, they're like, I like that it's short, you know, <laughs> Projector sure. style. Projector style. Oh, like Facebook Live projector style. <laughs> Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> and um, you were sharing how you're you're getting it trademarked, Sacred Power. Yes. Which is incredible. And I love how you shared your conversation with a lawyer of like the what what else? What else? Can you share that? I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, it was such a fun so. Um, so I, I met with a trademark lawyer. I hired a trademark lawyer um, around Sacred Power, and uh, we started to fill out the application together. And you know, the, the lawyer asked, "Well, what what are you using it for?" To which I answered. And then the next question is, "What do you plan to use it for?" And so, you know, there were some things that were pretty obvious, like you know, an online course and you know things like that. And, and she said, "Okay, what else?" I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe an ebook, maybe a book. She's like, okay, what else? I'm like, uh, maybe like a series of books, <laughs> like chicken soup, you know, for the soul type of thing. She's like, okay, what else? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how long? Like, and each the thing, the thing that's so funny is that each time I said something, it felt so edgy, and I felt I like I kept thinking she would be like. Like, hey, now, <laughs> like, okay, that's a little too much. Like, you know, don't get too big for your britches or whatever. But like each time it was this like, okay, great. Like what else in the very like steadfast way that, you know, it actually reminded me, Michelle, of spring cleaning, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is the opposite. It's like airing out our trash. Like, okay, what else do you got? Okay, what else? But it was like that, but for the good. And I was like, oh my God. And by the end of the conversation, I was so amped up. Like there were like t-shirts for Sacred Power, like planners and like all these things, like gratitude journals. And it was just so fun. And who knows what will become of that. But, you know, my reflection there was how little space we give ourselves, or, you know, I should sit, talk for me, like, even though I am in this world of personal power, like how little time I give myself to really not just dream big, but, but share with someone else what those big dreams are and how we need more of that. I love that because when, as you were sharing it, I could feel like when you're, when I was watching your live, I was like, oh my God, I could actually feel like I know exactly what you're experiencing in terms of like can I share more like what else is there I'm like oh my god is she gonna stop me like and it's like oh my god like we are not we're so not taught to dream big like you know like we really aren't um and so I just I love being able to experience that through you <laughs> your, with your lawyer who is like I can imagine she does this with so many other people <laughs> And just like, oh, I love this part because I get to really like tease it out of them, you know? Yes. Yeah. So you were saying um, about spring cleaning for the listeners who like, what, what are they talking about? So like, um, so Mama Gina, who um, you can actually look her up and I can put in the show notes at mamaginas.com. She wrote the book, Pussy of Reclamation and Mama Gina School of Women Arts. So she has this method called spring cleaning, where it's a really good process to like what Trisha said, air out your trash, not air it up, but just take it out of you so that you don't carry it around you. So spring cleaning is a method. It's a tool that 
uh, we were taught when we went through her school. And it's also in her book, Mama Gina School of Womenly Arts by Regina Thomas Hour. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's, I love that. So I was saying like, I just love how your lawyer really um, went through that process with you to really dream bigger and see what's possible. And um, how fun is that? Cause we aren't, we aren't, we're really not taught to dream big. Yeah, and you know, just hearing you explain spring cleaning, what was going on in my mind is just how, why spring cleaning is so effective and why I think that conversation with the lawyer was so effective was there was no judgment, right? right? And so whether you're talking about something that's annoying you, um, you know, the way we do it in spring cleaning is just, there's no judgment. And so because there's no judgment, it's actually quite easy to release it all because there's no energy that then becomes sort of hooked. And so similarly, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's amazing how in brainstorming, you know, there is energy that gets hyped up, but there was something also really powerful about her just being very steady and calm, like, okay, what else? Okay, what else? Like just feeling like there was no judgment that it was too big or it's unattainable or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I love that. So I'm excited to hear how that goes um, Yeah, as it goes on. But I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be so fun if you came up with like, journals and like I don't know oracle cards <laughs> I know <laughs> like all the things right so oh. oh my goodness oracle cards I did not even think of that yes <gasps> oh add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> oh well amazing this has been so fun and just like learning more about you and um and like what is to come I'm so excited how can people find out about your services and learn more about your world. Yeah, thank you. So my website is trishabullender.com and that has all my contact information. So um, yeah, they can go to my website. Cool. And you're also on social media. I am. It's Trisha Lords is my Instagram. L-O-U-R-D-E-S. Okay, cool. So all of that, it's going to be in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for your time, Trisha. It's always, always a blast. Yeah, this is so much fun, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. Okay, everybody, if this resonated with you, please uh, share this episode, tag us on Instagram and the stories, all the things, and hope you guys have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.